Today's podcast is brought to you by Lander. Based in Montreal, Canada, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So look, just for being a listener to today's podcast, we're going to give you a free trial. Um, all you got to do is go to Lander.com, that's L-A-N-D-R, slash promo, slash S-O-D-D, for straight out. Then you go there, you're going to get a free trial, two free MP3s of your master. Um, ch- check it out. You know, it's very simple. All you got to do is, it's really a, a click and drag um, type process. You can drag your, your mixed version um, right onto their database, um, right on the interface there. And once you do that, it's going to start uploading. And depending on your internet speed, man, I mean, it's, it's simple. It'll, it'll get done in two to three minutes. And um, you, you'll send... Um, Test it how you want it. Check the intensity levels that you like, and then you hit submit. And a couple of minutes later, you get an email, and from there, you can just download your master. It's a very simple process. Um, so once again, you know, just go to lander.com. That's L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. So this week's um, podcast, uh, we had uh, a very special guest in the building um, in the den today, Um this guy, man, he he's a world-renowned journalist. Um, he's been published in everywhere you can imagine, um, from Double XL to Vibe to Ozone, uh, Creative Loafing, The Source, uh, Billboard, um, and, and the list goes on and on, man. He he's um, he's done quite a few things. Um, even hosted his own show here. He, he hosts a uh, a weekly show here in Atlanta um, called the Playlist Party. Um, where check this out you play your own music you decide what you want to play like you simply walk up to the dj booth with your cell phone um and you know he'll just play whatever you want to play like it's it's some in your itunes that you want to hear he'll put it on for you so um very dope party he also um hosts his own weekly um show radio show day one radio um and the list goes on and on, man. This man's accomplishments and, and things that he's done here for the city of Atlanta um, and just for hip-hop in general, man. Uh, you know, the accolades go on and on, seriously. So, you know, um, the, the guest for this week is Maurice Garland, um, if you couldn't guess by all of the stuff. And I'm sure right by now you should know you've read the um, the captions and everything so you know who's on this week's podcast. But we had him on, and, and really the focus for this week was just you know, I wanted to give it from a different perspective. You guys hear me talking, you hear, you hear all the guests that we have on and, you know, these guests are, are strategically picked by me to, to have and, and speak on a certain perspective um, when it comes to just, you know, um, music and hip hop and, and, you know, rap and, and everything, you know. Um, but today I wanted to, to have somebody that's kind of you know, behind the scenes in a sense, you know, he's been writing for years and he went over how he got his start um, in writing and how, it, you know, he's even took a turn at DJing and, and hosting and how all this stuff started way back before he even thought about, you know, doing some of the things that he's doing now. But, you know, I, I wanted, I thought that a conversation with Maurice would be interesting for you guys because, for one, just the the people that he's wrote about, you know, um, one of his uh, articles that, that I personally um, enjoyed, which we did talk about in our conversation, uh, was an article about B.O.B. You know, he talked about how the world loves B.O.B., but he doesn't get that much love in the city of Atlanta. And, and when I say much love, we're, we're talking about like, you know, shows and stuff like that. Um, and so it's a very dope article. It was for um, 
I believe it was for Creative Loafing. Um, and he also wrote a dope piece uh, with Billboard um, and about Outkast and you know, the guy's pen is serious, you know, um, he, he takes this, 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 uh, journalist, um, journalism world, excuse me, um, very seriously, you know what I mean? And I just, I, I thought it would be interesting to have him on and just to kind of, for one, you know, for me to soak up some games, cause there's so many things like you guys know, I jumped in this, this whole blogging and, and media world really, um, in 2012 and I didn't know a whole lot about it, you know, um, I just had an idea, um, I wrote that idea down and I went and researched the people that had been doing it long before me. And, you know, I kind of learned from them and, you know, picked their brains um, for the ones that would allow me to and, you know, study some of their moves, just looking at the things that they did online and, you know, even learning code and all of that stuff. You know, it just came from watching the people that came before me. Um, and so this was actually one of the, the first people that I um researched on you know I, I was trying to figure out how to do this blog thing and I simply typed in something online and said like you know Atlanta blogs and his site was one of the first ones that came up and I kind of looked at the stuff that he was doing and you know started researching the name and figuring out oh okay well this guy's doing this this and that and then you know I eventually started running into him um you know we were in some of the same places you know um and so I made sure that I was there to, to soak up the game and see you know what he was doing somebody that's already accomplished and been in this game and you know, that's the advice that I give everyone, you know, honestly, is that you got to find somebody um, that's already doing what, what you want to do. Um, and you don't necessarily have to copy them, but you can either soak up that game and try to, you know, have them mentor you or just watch what they do. You know, everybody can't mentor you. You know, I mean, there's some people that just don't have the time for it. And if they do have the time, you know, you have to be realize that time is valuable. So sometimes you literally just have to watch their moves and, and figure it out for yourself. So and this was one of those guys that, that you know, I, I was watching the things that he was doing. And um, so much game man, so much game to be soaked up here. So, um, you know, I, I won't go uh, too long here. I do want to make sure that we get into this. But before we go um, into the, the conversation with Maurice Garland, um, I did just want to kind of break down my, my reason why um, journalism is important. And really, the subject, I, I didn't give you guys a subject for, for today's podcast. But um, my, my thoughts is this, right? This is why you shouldn't take journalists for granted. Now, my main argument for this or, or the main reason why I think people take journalists um, for granted is because, for one, most people don't really, you know, they don't respect what a journalist is because most people are like me. You know, I'm going to throw myself up under the bus. I was a producer by, by nature that had an idea. And so I jumped into a world of blogging, you know, and and you know, wanting to showcase different music. So, I mean, of course, you know, I, I took writing classes and, you know, I, I graduated from Georgia State and, you know, it was, you know, there was times when you had to write. But as far as like the creative writing, I never took a creative writing course or anything like that. So I didn't know what I was doing. I, I know that I like to have conversations with people. Um, I know that I had a love for hip hop or still have a love for hip hop. And so through all of that, I figured that, hey, man, I can you know, find my own angle to talk about these things and put it in my own voice and have my own tone and how I want to say stuff and put my own humor in the things that I write. So I knew some of the basics, but, you know, am I, you know, did I study journalism? No, I, you know, I didn't have a clue about that world, never took, you know, any of those classes. So um, I think that's number one. That's the main reason why people, you know, um, they don't 
really respect a lot of journalists because they don't really understand what that is. And, and, you know, and because there are so many people that's jumping into that world that really don't have a true understanding and and didn't bother to do the research. Um, The other thing is that why you shouldn't, um, you know, you shouldn't disrespect and, and, and why you shouldn't just take journalists for granted is that, man, they are the curators of the content that you're putting out. You know, um, yes, we we love music, most of us. And, and when I say that, I'm speaking from, you know, people that have their own sites, you know, and specifically people that have their own hip hop sites. Uh, we love your music for the most part. There is some bad music. I do want to put that out there. But we love your music and we love to hear and discover new music. The problem is um, a lot of times is that we'll put some music out there and, you know, we'll post it right about it. And most people, and this is going to sound like I'm being on a defense a little bit, but I just want to really get this out and be as honest as I possibly can with you guys. Um, Sometimes we will put all that effort and and write, and we're not talking about like writing, you know, a sentence or two and tell you to check out the song, which I do do sometimes. But when I really take a liking to a record, um, I really go deep and and try to write, you know, from a perspective that that I feel will really, you know, catch your attention. And so, you know, there's times when you write um, this elaborate article and, and, you know, you know, put your all in it and you you post it. And, you know, there's some artists that will see that and are very thankful for it. They'll go as far as, you know, um, screenshot it and put it on all their social media and putting the link in their bios and all of that. That's like the best case scenario. Um, and I'll go a level above that. The The very best case scenario is to do all of that and actually continue to promote the link. You know, even if you're you're emailing that link out to people or something like that, uh, those things go a long way. You know, whether or not people are going to tell you that um, I'll be the first one to tell you um, if I ever post any of your music and you go as far as to tweet about it and, um, you know, a screenshot. Um, put it on your Instagram or even send out an email blast with it in there. That that goes a long way with me because, for one, you saw that, hey, this guy took the time out to, to write about something that I just created, you know, um, from my heart. And you're also going out there and promoting it. And, and that goes a long way for that relationship. You know, we, we never forget any of those things. Like, we, we don't forget the people that that go that extra mile and and actually um, promote the things that we write and, you know, the things that we curate, the videos and all of that, the interviews, all of that stuff. Like, we never forget that. Um, but, you know, that, that stuff happens, you know what I mean? And so you, you want to, um, you know, just show that, show the journalists that they are appreciated, you know what I mean? Or, you know, share those articles and and even, you know, make sure that you tell somebody thank you. A simple thank you will go a long way as well. You know, we don't want to just see a retweet and then you never hear about it again. I, I never forget, man, I wrote like I do this Sunday spotlight uh, where I showcase an artist. You know, I write this long article and, and I actually go and dig and find all of the music that I can find on, on, on the person. And I'll put it up, you know, um, mostly if it's through SoundCloud, I put up all of their music. And from there, you know, I go and find all their videos, even some early videos from like, you know, three or four years ago. I'll find that and I'll put that in the article and, you know, have this long, elaborate write up, send it out there. And I, I remember this one time specifically, I won't call the artist out because I'm not into into doing that. But, um, you know, did all of this and no response, like 
it just like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? And the article did well as far as the traction. Um, you know, me looking at the numbers and everything, people were really digging the article, a lot of comments on it, um, a lot of shares and things of that nature. But as far as from the artist, it was kind of like, eh. Oh, well, it was almost kind of like, man, I get this stuff all the time. And to be honest with you, it wasn't that wasn't the case. That wasn't um, it was an artist that's fairly unknown. Um, but, you know, I still love the music and I want to showcase them. But um, needless to say, I don't want to go on this um, this rant. But I just want to, you know, really express that that stuff goes a long way. So, you know, you should really. um uh, pay attention to to the journalists and the things that they're writing about you. And if it's something that you don't like that they write about you, call it out. You know, that of course that's their perspective, but you do have the right to your opinion on the things that people write about you. So, but how would that person know if if you don't say anything? So, just connect with the journalists. At the end of the day, they are um curating that content that you put out there and they're just sending it to a whole nother audience that you may have didn't um, have the opportunity to have you know these are people that are taking the time out to um, write about you and so you don't want to take that relationship for granted um I don't want to really go too deep into this stuff, but like I said, Maurice had a lot to say, and we really went down um, his career. And if you listen to some stuff that he said, he really dropped some gems. Just uh, for anybody out there that's really um, looking to go into the journalist um, journalism world, um, or even if you're you know have a way with words and want to start your own site or, or things like that, like there there's a lot of information that he had in here that's um, pivotal to um, starting that career and just hearing his story and, and you know his humble beginnings to where he is now. So um, without further ado, we'll go ahead and get right into that interview um, with Maurice um, Garland. And um, just remember, though, man, you know, respect the relationship. Never take a journalist for granted. And you never know that connection that that journalist can, you know, say like, oh, man, I love your music. I love what you're doing. And you don't know the relationships that they have. You know, don't look at it as just like having a website. Oh, man, he has a website. He posts a little something here or there. Or she posts a little something here or there. That's cool. You never know the relationships that that person have off offline, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know the work that they're doing in the background to, to push your music. Uh, because it happens. I, I'll be the first one to tell you that when I really find something that I like, and if I see you perform live and the music connects with your live show, guarantee that I'm going to ride for you. That's just, that's just how it is. You know, um, that's the type of person I am. And, and I'm going to share that music to some influencers and, and some other people that I know. Um, and, and I'm going to tell them and I'm going to give them, I'm going to have good things to say about you. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only um, blogger or, you know, person that owns a site. Sometimes I don't even like saying blogger, but it is what it is. But, you know, where I'm not the only person that do that. Like I have conversations with other people that run sites and they're putting me on music all the time. And they're telling me about artists that, you know, maybe from their city, um, and maybe, you know, um, not even from their city or artists that they just came, came across and they're constantly sending links and like, Hey man, you should check this out. Uh, this is what I liked about this artist, all of those things that happens all the time. So, uh, re remain, um, make sure you remain, um, and, and keep, uh, those journalists, um, almost in pocket, man. Like, Hey, just call it. It is what it is, man. You want to make sure that you build those relationships and, and don't let those relationships go, um, astray just because of you, you're too busy to send a simple retweet or, you know, a simple thank you. That stuff goes a long way. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into the interview with Maurice Garland. Um, great conversation here. You guys will enjoy it. And, uh, let me know what you think. 
Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, I'd like to welcome you to the Straight Out The Den podcast. We've got a very special guest in the building today, man. This dude here, he don't know it, but I've been watching his moves for quite some time, man. Like, um, when I first got into this whole blog world uh, back in 2012, I typed something in Google, hmm. right? And I was like, I typed in something. It was either top atlanta bloggers or atlanta bloggers or something like that and i came across your site oh, you wow. know what i mean and so i was just trying to do the research man like my my background is in music production so i ain't really know anything about blogging like at all so i was just really trying to you know grasp the concept and look for people that's already doing it and you know try to figure out what you guys did to get to where you're at so uh that's that's where my introduction was like 2012 um and so the person that i'm talking about Welcome to the Straight Out the Damn Podcast, Mr. Maurice Garland. How you doing, bro? Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. No, no, all good, man. So, like I said, I've been following the moves, man, and we're going to get to all of that stuff, you know, stuff that you've been doing and and just a long career, you know what I mean? And, and I told you kind of like before we started rolling, like the the focus of this podcast and, and a couple of things I want to kind of get into that really... For one, you definitely got your pulse on the culture, you know what I'm saying, here in, you know, definitely in Atlanta, but I think just in music in general. Um, and, and so some of those things that kind of help people get through, because we know like early stages of careers and, and stuff, man, it's like it's kind of it's challenging, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So uh, I definitely want to make sure that we get through all of that stuff. But, you know, let's start at the beginning, man. Like. Yeah, now I don't I, I don't know if you were born in Decatur, but you from Decatur, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but gotcha, you know, gotcha. family moved down here when I was four years old. You I from had, Decatur, man? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> I don't like. It was funny because I just visited Pittsburgh. What was it? Uh, back in August, okay. and that was like my first time as a grown man yeah. going. You know, yeah. all, all the other times, you know, you a kid, you just playing at grandma house, gotcha. bouncing around from gotcha. cousin to cousin house. So I ain't know where, where I was at, where I was going. This new yeah, yeah. backyards and basements. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this this last, you know, August, I went up there and I was like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for Uber and GPS, man. you know what I'm saying, I'd be lost. Shout out to Uber, man, and Lyft, man. I, I was on them heavy doing um, A3C for yeah. real. Like, they, they, they saved the day for real. So, you know, this you have this journalist um, background, man, and I, I've read a couple of your articles. And, and one um, that I really enjoyed was the, um, I think it was for um, Creative Loafing, like the B.O.B. piece. Hmm. Cause like I felt I, I so feel the same way, yeah. bro. Like I've seen Bob. Like I went to, I went to Georgia State, so okay. I've been I've been in Atlanta, like born here, raised in Macon, came back for college. I've been here since '02, so I was really right there with that whole Bob, like bubbling on the underground circuit and everything, and seeing him performing like the Django and and you know right when haters started popping and right. then seeing him kind of go away from that. So, like, when I read the article, I really connected with it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like that. It's like, man, this dude is so famous. Yeah. But people in Atlanta could care less. Yeah, Like, I've man. been to so many B.O.B. shows where it's like, you look around and it's like, yo, at like, it's almost like this is my cousin. Right. You know what I'm saying? As opposed <laughs> to, like, who he is. And uh, that was an inter interesting perspective that you painted um, with, with that article. But before we get to that, like, how did this whole like the writing where did the gift of words and all that come from you know where did that start you know what man this this is a question that i kind of answer differently every time i'm asked man because you know when i look back on my life it's like i guess i was always kind of you know 
interested in words because i mean i used to write poems raps stories all that stuff you know what i'm saying but it wasn't no thing where it's like okay I, this is what i want to do when yeah, i grow yeah. up or gotcha, whatever gotcha, gotcha. you know but my mom would be pulling out old stuff like, oh you wrote this in fifth grade <laughs> you wrote this in third grade all like that so i've been writing for a while but the crazy thing is uh, like i went to college at uh fort valley state university okay and you know when i was down there I wound up majoring in, you know, mass communications. That's where I, you know, landed at. Cause you know, that first year was kind of like thirteenth grade. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. trying to. I'm just yeah. gonna figure it out. <laughs> I just need to get out of mama's house. That's it. Right, right, right. But you know, by the time you know sophomore year came around, I'm going, I'm going to stick with this major. I'm going gotcha. mass comm. You know, so um, I was on the campus radio station, and you know, you know, I had a show on there. You know, I was a personality. I was DJing on the side, and you know, eventually I worked my way up to becoming, you know, the program director for the station. Gotcha. And so that we were doing some cool stuff down there, man. And um, the year I'm about to graduate, you know, like the, the the dean of the department, you know, approaches me and says, "Oh yeah, man, you've been doing great things with the radio station, but you know, if you want to graduate on time and get your credits, <laughs> you know, you got to start right for the school paper." And I'm like, "Man, y'all should have told me this like two years ago, bro." <laughs> that's that's kind of late in the game, <laughs> yeah. man. You know, I'm, I'm ready to be up out of here now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, mean, I, I did what I had to do, man. I just started, you know, right for the school paper. And, you know, you know, naturally, you know, they started me off, you know, writing music reviews and stuff. Okay, so, like, okay. the first article I ever wrote was, like, a music review on that Mary J. Blige No More Drama album. Oh, man. That was, like, the first article I ever wrote. Yeah. And, you know, the editors were like, hey, man, you're pretty good at this, man. You should keep it up. So, you know, I started writing, you know, music reviews on stuff that I actually wanted to listen to at that point, you know. So, I'm writing about, you know, UGK and, you know outcast and you know i remember i had to review like a jermaine dupri album at some point you know the stuff that i was actually listening to but gotcha. i was still able to talk about it in a you know objective way gotcha. i wasn't just you know fanboying out or whatever but um after a while i was like yeah you know i kind of do like this man mm -hmm. this is all right and then like i realized you know i was always reading magazines and everything I and mean, i had a whole collection of source and xxls and yeah, rap yeah, pages yeah. you know like every rap magazine yeah, yeah so i was definitely. like okay well i've been reading this stuff for a while, you know, so I, I guess the writing thing does make sense. But, you know, I, was, I still want to do radio. I gotcha. just kind of realized I enjoyed writing. It wasn't something I was, like, wanting to do. But, you know, opportunities were coming faster for that because um, there was, like, a an um, independent music magazine in Macon. It was called uh, Georgia Up and Coming. Okay. And, you know, I started, you know, writing for them while I was in college and stuff, you know, going around, you know, the, uh, the middle Georgia music scene, interviewing different artists or interviewing artists that would come through there to do mm -hmm. shows and you know, like, oh, I mean, this is pretty cool. So before I knew it, I had a pretty cool portfolio built yeah. up. And um, at, at the same time, I was, you know, still coming back home here in Atlanta to uh, intern at, uh, it's 107.9, but it was 97.5 back in the day. Yeah. So, you know, I was interning there, you know, simultaneously over the summers. And, you know, when I graduated, I came back up there. And, you know, each year I tried to, like, do something different. Like, the first year I was in the promo department just – out in the hot sun handing out free stuff then i was like all right i'm kind of tired yeah, of that yeah. bro you know what I'm <laughs> yeah, hey, that, get, that get old quick man yeah so i was like well let me get on the engineering side let okay. me try to learn the boards better and everything so i got in on the engineering side the next summer so i was you know um engineering some of the late night shows and whatnot and then the third year that last year when i you know got out of school i was like well let me learn the business side let me get on the sales side so i was you know just you know trying to learn more mm -hmm. but then after a while i was like okay like this intern stuff gotta come to an end you know i'm i'm in the yeah. real world now Time so paid, yeah. yeah so um i was telling the, the person i was interning under like yo do you know anybody you know in the publishing game you know like, I, I got this portfolio from mm -hmm. school you know i can write and everything 
And she was like, well, let me introduce you to somebody. She introduced me to um, this guy named Munson Steed. He owns this magazine here called Rolling Out. Oh, okay. You cool. know, so she introduced me to him. And also, I got a shout out my my man, Jason Brown. He used to have a blog way back then. Like, it was a blog before it was called blogging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had this thing called Atlanta Urban Mix. I was writing for them, too. He was paying me with beer and black and miles at the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that, that was like one of the, that's really my first, 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 like, gig yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah. But the first paycheck gig yeah. was uh, rolling out. Now, I always remember because when I went up there to meet Munson and them, you know, they were like, well, you know, we have a probationary period. We put all the writers through to test them out. So you got to write like like 10 articles for free. I'm like, 10 articles for free, bro. You know, mm. what's going on with that? You know, so I wrote five. But then it's like through the grapevine, I heard that, you know, a whole bunch of the folks that worked there quit. Like on the same day, everybody oh, just man. walked out. So yeah. I was like. Well, of course, me thinking, I ain't thinking, like, why did they quit? Yeah, What's yeah, going, you know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking, oh, bro, yeah, that's, that's an opportunity. That's an opportunity yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I go up there, I'm like, hey, man, so I heard y'all had some challenges. I know you're hiring now. What's up? I like I like that. Like <laughs> That was very political. I heard y'all had some challenges. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, so they called me in for, like, an official, you know, job interview and whatnot. Gotcha. And the job interview was on a Tuesday. And, of course, they were kind of like, well, man, you got the job if you want it. You know, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And they were like, when can you start? I'm all anxious. I'm like, I can start tomorrow, bro. What's up? Point me to my desk. Yeah. And they're like, well, now we ain't got no desk for you yet. We actually do need you to go to Cleveland in the morning to uh, cover this conference going on up there. So just meet us at the airport at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so-and-so is going to be waiting on you, and we'll see you in Cleveland. I'm like, bro, I don't meet nobody at work here yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't, like, like nothing. Like- nothing. I don't get a business card. Like, nothing. Like, <laughs> No, just go to Cleveland, bro. So they, I got thrown to the wolves, like right, literally, yeah, they, yeah. like my first days of writing, and yeah. like that. It, it was a cool experience too, man. Cause I had to like it was like a sink or swim situation because mm-hmm. the thing that they sent me to it was this thing called the Power Networking Conference, like you know, big, you know, black tie, you know, suit and tie type deal. Gotcha. But it was basically just like it was basically like a a big conference of like you know black entrepreneurs. You know, it's kind of like on some like black enterprise type stuff. So, oh, so this wasn't even on the music side. Nah, okay, nah, okay. nah. So it was like I'm up there meeting people like Earl Graves, who started yeah. Black Enterprise. You know, that motivational speaker Les Brown and that lawyer um Londell McMillan, who now owns the source. Like he used to be like Little Kim and Stevie Wonder's attorney, but now gotcha. he owns the source. You know, and I'm, I'm meeting all these influential black folks. You know. Within a weekend, yeah, you know, yeah. like first days on the job, I'm like, bro, what's this? <laughs> you know, so then I was up there for about a week, and you know, eventually come back down to Atlanta. I, I, I get my desk and oh, yeah. actually get settled and meet my coworkers and everything, and you know, kind of been riding since then, man. You know, from there started, you know, freelancing for you know like Ozone magazine. Mm-hmm. I eventually became an editor there. You know, That's dope, man. We um we had um Julia Beverly on. I do another show uh, called the Good Hennessy Show. It's okay. a, a TV, like a online show. Uh, TV online, both the same thing, pretty much at this point. But um yeah, we had her on, and she Sorry. talked like the history of ozone, and it's like, you know how like some stuff, man. And I know we going up, but you said ozone. It just I, I thought about it. It's like when you're in it, you don't think about the importance of something mm-hmm. until it's like gone, and like you looked at like everything that ozone did for like southern hip-hop and it's kind of like once they leave you realize like man it wasn't like too many you know avenues for southern but, hip-hop but you like know that. what though um i have to have to go back and you know look at julia's interview but um it's like while i was there like of course when you're in the process of like having to put out a monthly magazine mm-hmm. and all that stuff for a minute like it was only like me and her working there for a minute mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like she would 
do all the photos, handle the ads. And I was writing like shoot, almost 85% yeah. of the magazine. After a while, I had to start like using fake names so it didn't look like I was writing the whole magazine. <laughs> magazine you know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout out to the homie Wally Sparks. You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, yeah, writing yeah. there everything too, man. But it's like I was writing a lot of that stuff. And, but like, you know, even as we, you know, the staff grew and everything, like we all kind of realized the importance because, you know, we was kind of like the only ones doing, doing it, that. And then, you know, when we would see the larger publications kind of, you know, stealing ideas or yeah. all of a sudden they start interviewing people that they didn't even care about care last about, yeah, year, yeah, but yeah. it's only because they saw them on our cover. Like, we're, like, bigging them up. We ain't giving them, like, a little corner piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we're yeah. like, no, this person's on our cover. Like, man, who is who was Rick Ross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why do they have little Wayne on the cover? He's not even the best person on Cash Money. Why? You know what I'm saying? So they, when they start seeing that and start stealing mm-hmm. the ideas, like, yeah, okay, we get it. Like, we know how important it is. But, of course, you know, you don't really have time to, like, pat yourself on the back. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, man, like, we oh, doing our thing. Article. You yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, you, you working. You know? Yeah. Man, you know, um, that's that, that's crazy because I didn't realize that you was, like, really holding down the whole, like the magazine like that. I, I didn't know that at, at the time. Um, but it's just just going back into your story, right, with, with the – you're moving around and, and like, you, you're really starting to get your feet wet and, like, you know, cemented in, in this culture. What really made that move from it was rolling out, like, into, like, you know, doing all the the freelancing with, you know, writing the articles for XXL and The Source. Was that more of a let me get my music part out, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. like that creative part out, or was it just kind of like I didn't want to do everything that I was doing at Rolling Out. Like, how was that transition? Well, the transition, the it, it was funny because, like, Rolling Out, you know, because this, this is as simple as it was, man, because I was, like, in my early 20s at the time, and, you know, I had, you know, by the time I, when I decided to start writing, I was like, okay, I want to write for these kind of magazines mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was like, Rolling Out was a newspaper format, you know, so it had, like, the, the you know, like, the newspaper feeling paper yeah, yeah and i remember writing for them like man i want to get on some glossy paper man yeah. i want to be in kroger <laughs> bro you know what I'm saying? and it was kind of like that simple i was like man i want to be on the glossy paper now yeah, i want to yeah. be in kroger and i kind of just you know put that in my mind and you know like first person i met though like i shout out to my homie brandon peters you know who mm-hmm. i do my podcast right now with you know he was like my mentor early on because um you know he was already in the game writing big stories for the source and everything he wrote that um Remember that cover of the source, the Dirty South cover where it had like Bone Crusher, David Banner, and Lil John. I actually I own that. So yeah, it's like, somewhere it's somewhere <laughs> in, in one of these like boxes in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I, my I own, have that, yeah, yeah, man. You know, Brandon Peters wrote that, and I remember meeting him. You know, on a road trip. You know, with me, uh, one of my other homeboys, Deshaun, and he was like, "Yeah, I wrote that story." Like, "Oh man, how do you do that, man?" Like, so he just started, you know, giving me the game. I'm like, "Well, this is how you pitch a story to this person mm. and do that and do this and do this." And, you know, I kind of took the game he taught me and just applied it to my own situation. And then um, so when the Ozone opportunity came about, because I think somebody it might have been him, too. So like, I think somebody was supposed to write a story on Pastor Troy and they couldn't. They were like, yo, can you write it? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I'll interview Pastor Troy. Yeah. Like, I didn't know it was going to end up being, like, the cover, the cover yeah, of that yeah, yeah. month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to interview Pastor Troy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They ended up being the cover. I'm like, oh, wow. All right. You know, but, you know, I started freelancing there, but then, you know, the thirst just kind of grew from there. And I'm like, I want to be in XXL and I want to mm-hmm. be in Vibe. So, you know, I started pitching editors ideas and, you know, sometimes they would contact me, you know, and that's kind of how that whole thing started. So, like, you know, rolling out, I mean, I enjoyed that opportunity. I mean, that was, you know, great because, I mean, you know, because looking back, 
it was kind of a cool balance. You know, I wasn't just always interviewing musicians. I was also interviewing, you know, doctors and gotcha. community activists and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. just like every facet of the, you know, African-American community. So that was, you know, a great look, you know, but I mean, the music was still in my heart. You know what I'm saying? I can... I can recite, you know, some UGK and yeah, 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 eight yeah. ball lyrics more than I can, you know, exactly. tell you about, you know, some doc or somewhere. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Completely. You know, um, you mentioned a little bit earlier, like pitching to editors, right? Mm -hmm. Like I me, I, I have no clue on that 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 step, you know what I mean? Like how to pitch to an editor. So what is that process for somebody that may be, you know, trying to transition and, and go into writing? Like, is it simply like looking in the magazine, finding out who the editors are and contacting them? Like, how, how is that? Yeah, it's pretty that simple. Like every magazine has what's called a masthead, you know, in the front of the magazine where they tell you, like everybody on the staff is mm -hmm. listed, like editor in chief, deputy editor, assistant editor, music editor, you know, like all of their names are, you know, um, listed there. You know, sometimes, you know, they might put their direct contact info, like, this is their number, this is their email. But for the most part, everybody's name is on there. And, you know, the address and the office number is at the bottom. So you can call them, email them. Mm -hmm. You know, but the thing to it is, one thing I try to share with people, and the one thing that I had, you know, learned myself is, like, you know, the key to, you know, pitching an editor is, one, like, being familiar with that magazine Absolutely. already, you Absolutely. know, because, I mean, it, it would be so funny sometimes, you know, because especially working at Ozone, you know, we would get artists pitching themselves all the time, like, man, you need to interview me, interview mm -hmm. me, you know, and even some of the writers were like, hey, I want to write for y'all, but all they knew was that Ozone is popping right now, yeah. I need to be in there, they didn't, didn't, they didn't even bother reading the magazine, so sometimes... You might have a writer pitch a story where they're saying, yeah, man, um, I think this artist out of Florida is hot. You know, his name is Plies or something. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and it's like, well, we just had an interview on Plies in last month's issue. Yeah, Did you read you that read issue? That. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Or, you know, you might have an artist saying, man, you need to interview me, man. I'm the hottest R&B singer in Tennessee. I'm like, well... We obviously don't cover R and B. Yeah, so why yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the key to, you know, pitching is like be familiar with the publication that you're approaching. Like, gotcha. you know, at least try to, you know, read up on their last, you know, six months issue so that you're not pitching an idea they might have already had, you know, and that you're able to, you know, pitch something that, you know, they may need or they may be overlooking or an angle that they might not have thought of yet. You know, because, you know, they get pitches all the time from people saying, hey, man, you need to talk to this person. You need to do mm -hmm. this with me, blah, blah, blah. You want to be able to, like, cater something directly to them. So the same way that I would pitch Vibe and idea, I wouldn't pitch that same idea to XXL. Because, gotcha. you know, granted, they both cover urban music, but those are totally two totally different voices. Yeah, Vibe's yeah, yeah. voice, they like to think that they were more, like, sophisticated. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I'll, I'll make an analogy. Like, Vibe kind of went for... The person that's working in the corner office, you know, gotcha. wearing a suit and tie to work. XXL, on the other hand, they may go for the, the blue collar mm -hmm. hip hop fan. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So it was like yeah, it was like two sense. totally different voices. They're covering the same thing, but two totally different voices. So I had to kind of like cater the pitches a certain way. And even, you know, because I went on to start writing for Black Enterprise mm -hmm. and things like that. So and, they, and a lot of times I would still be pitching hip hop stories, but I would try to pitch it on a business angle. So gotcha. I wouldn't tell them, hey, man. Killer Mike got a new CD out, man. Yeah. It's tight. Like, we don't care. You know, they don't care. But you if I come at them Mike. saying, Killer Mike owns a barbershop, barbershop yeah, and he's employing shop, yeah. people in his community. 
Oh yeah, let's that do that. Good. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I know you're enjoying the podcast right now with Maurice Garland, but I wanted to take the time out to tell you guys about Lander. Uh, Lander is the world's first intelligent drag and drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius, uh, based in Montreal, Canada. Um, these guys basically have revolutionized the game. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and be honest with you. Uh, when it comes to mastering, like mastering is that process that people just for whatever reason forget about. Um, you know, you go in and buy the expensive equipment, you go in and get the recording, you know, um, the, the expensive microphone and you make sure everything's recorded right. Uh, you even go and pay to have somebody mix the record. That's cool. But the process that you forget is the mastering process, right? Mastering is simply put, it it makes your music sound the same on any platform, whether you're playing it in your laptop, you're playing it in your car, you're playing it um, on a boombox, you know, anywhere. You know, you want to make sure that the, the music sounds the same across any platform. So that's essentially what mastering does. Um, and it is typically an expensive process. That's the reason why a lot of people tend to leave it out. But uh, Lander is making it affordable for you. And just for being a listener to today's podcast, you're actually going to get a free trial. So all you got to do is go to Lander.com. That's uh, L-A-N-D-R.com slash promo slash S-O-D-D. You go there, you're going to get two free MP3s of your master. Um, it's a very simple process. Um, it's easy to use. There's a simple click and, and drop, drag and drop. Um format uh, and you, it's it's very simple it takes literally like up to five minutes and you should be done depending on your internet speed of course um, once you do that in there you're going to get an email and from there you can go and download it um, click the link in your email it's going to download it right there to your, your desktop um, so it's very simple you know try it out once again it's lander.com l-a-n-d-r dot com slash promo slash s-o-d-d free trial um and you know thank you for listening and we're, we'll get right back into the interview with maurice garland let me ask you this though like with, with dealing with the pitching of ideas is there a way that you can protect those ideas like when you're talking to these different magazines and like hey i have the same the killer mike story i have this this awesome story about killer mike and the business you know that he running in his community how do you protect that idea if, even if they never thought about using it you know how do you protect that that's, that's tricky like sometimes you can do what is called like you can approach them like all right, this is a open pitch, meaning that, excuse me, meaning that you ain't the only person I'm, you know, talking gotcha, to about gotcha. this. Okay. If you okay. say no, I'm probably going to go to somebody okay, else. Cool. So they kind of put some, sometimes they might put a fire on them like, all right, well, let's jump on this. Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, it's, it's a tricky thing because, you know, I mean, of course, I can't always prove it. But there have been times where I might have pitched a story to the magazine and they might have been like, no, nah, not yet. But then it's like two months later, voila, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Guess who's in the magazine? This person I told you about three, four months gotcha. ago. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's 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 kind of tricky, but for the most part, you know, what I used to do is, you know, is just tell them like if they told me no, or, or even before the no came, I would just be like, hey, this is a open pitch. Like you're not the only person I'm approaching with this idea. Gotcha. So you you've been writing for some time now, and, and what's next in the story? Because what I remember seeing is um. The website, mm -hmm. MariusGarland.com, um, like, was that kind of, or was all that kind of simultaneously happening? It was, it was simultaneous, because, you know, because, like, man, I, I, I update that blog, like, sparingly now. I've been meaning to get back to it. Yeah, I was going to ask you know that. that. was a question I was going to ask. But it's yeah. like, um, yeah, like, that came out of a couple things, because, you know, when I was working that rolling out, like I said, you know, they covered specific things, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And cause like they, for one, like they didn't cover sports a whole lot. They didn't cover a lot of sports and they didn't cover a lot of hip hop when I was working there. They cover all of that stuff now, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? But when I was working there, sports and hip hop weren't 
really the priority. So, gotcha. you know, there will be times where I might be at some event and I might meet an athlete or, you know, some GM. And I'm like, I got all these story ideas, but I don't have nowhere to put them at. Mm. You know, or I might have something to say about a trend that I see developing, but I would have nowhere to put it at yet. This is before I learned how to start pitching and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But what I used to do is I just started a, um, a, a MySpace blog. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I just yeah. get on MySpace and be like, well, this is what I think about the World mm. Series. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this yeah. is what I think about this CD, this person, whatever. So, like, you know, I kind of just start doing that just out of, you know, joy and just getting the ideas out instead of just sitting and having them in my head, driving mm. me crazy. Gotcha. You know, so I started that. And then, um, you know, eventually, you know, like, you know, MySpace kind of, you know, just, you know, became non-relevant after yeah, a while. yeah, yeah. But then I, you know, I, I got schooled on how to start a, you know, a, um, a blog spot and a WordPress page and all those kind of things. So that was the same thing there. It's like a lot of times the blogs that I started off writing were either ideas that I couldn't get approved anywhere, mm. or it might be a wealth of information that I couldn't fit into a story that I wrote okay. for somebody. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Cause like for instance, um, what's a good example? Like I wrote this. Uh, this story on like the history of Suave House Records one time, you know, because like by that point, like the label had disbanded, yeah, everybody yeah. was just out, you know, everything. Man, I, I gotta read that. that yeah, sounds... like a lot of people were like, man, whatever happened to them boys, yeah, man? They yeah, were jamming. Man. Yeah. And so I wrote the story. Matter of fact, me and another writer teamed up on it, a writer named uh, Jacinta Howard. Like we both teamed up, you know, to write the story. And only a little bit of it got. Okay, it was supposed to be like a two-part series. It was supposed to be mm-hmm. two parts. And only one part got published. I think it wound up getting published in Nozone. And it was supposed to come out like the next month, but something happened. I don't remember what, but the second part never got published. So I was like, man, I'm just going to throw this on the internet somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just threw it on Blogspot, on you know the Blogspot page that I started. And everybody was like, yo, man, this is dope. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. I, I can do this. I can gotcha. you know, use this extra information and put it there or if it was a story idea that i couldn't get approved anywhere i'm like well i'm just gonna publish it myself mm. you know and that's kind of where it started like the first blog i had it was actually called uh the residue you know as in leftovers because oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it was it was like <laughs> well i couldn't get the rest of this published i'm yeah, yeah. gonna throw it up there oh i, I couldn't put that in there because like, sometimes you that's know that's a dope name man. you need to uh bring that back oh I, I might bring that back for something yeah. else you know what i'm saying but it's like um we because one thing i used to do there like i said I, I used to put you know the extra information up there mm. And then what what I said what I uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but yeah I, I was putting like the extra information up there and you know people were appreciating it and you know it it kind of just like grew into a whole other thing and then um uh, my homeboy Tory Edwards one day he was just like yo man you you need to brand yourself and at this point I don't I'm not even thinking about like yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah, brand yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, but, but like <laughs> but he was like man you need to brand yourself man you should just name everything after you because you're a brand like you are developing a brand for yourself man mm-hmm. like you are the southern hip-hop guy you're the atlanta guy you just you know you're creating your own content you should brand yourself you know so i was like all right cool i'll, I'll entertain that you know so I, that's when everything kind of switched to you know rreesgarden.com you know what i'm saying you know um now <clears throat> i think it was it may have been 2013 um I saw this was this was my introduction to a couple of artists, right? Like at the time, I was following Scotty, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, it, you know, I had just interviewed him for the podcast, and 
he had just released like the faith tape mm-hmm. and you know i would say that when i connected with him i was like okay i'm gonna follow this guy career so you know i was going different places where he was at and he had a show at drunken unicorn mm-hmm. and you were hosting that night and uh that that same night i was introduced to uh earth gang mm-hmm. jid and um chirp i think yeah chirp performed on that show and uh it was a i think it was a father out um showcase that they put together yeah, or something like yeah. that. and so like that's why i want to ask about like the hosting because this was my int- first introduction to seeing you as a host i had already recognized the name i knew what you know you did on the writing side but then i was like oh well he he's hosting stuff too yeah. and that you know that, that was kind of new to me like i said i was all green to this like this yeah. was just me trying to figure this world out you know what i mean so i saw that where did the hosting come in at you know what i mean it's, it's there's a couple entry points to that man like i said um like I went to Fort Valley State University, and while I was there, I was majoring in mass communications, doing the radio stuff, and we used to do this thing called jamming in the calf, where pretty much we would just take all the DJ equipment in the uh, cafeteria every Thursday and just play music. We'd just be in there DJing while everybody eating, and eventually, you know, it got popular, and some of the local artists started wanting to come by and perform, and it's crazy, man, like... We had some folks in there that went on to like blow up. Of course, you know, when they coming to us, we're like, our oh, new person, we yeah, yeah, we yeah, young, yeah. hey, we just making it do yeah. what to do. But it's like like we had that dude Jaheem in there, the R and B oh, singer. Like when he first first came out, his first song wasn't even on the radio yet. I think he had just got signed in like the local rep for whatever label he was on. It might have been Electra or Atlantic. I forget the label, but what it like the like the local rep, the middle of Georgia yeah, yeah, yeah. or Atlanta, Georgia rep or whatever, he heard about what we were doing. Like, y'all got new artists want to bring down there, Jaheem. Yeah. Like, Them humble right, beginners, cool. Man. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? He came down there, kicked it, yeah. walked around campus, flirted with girls. We're like, ah, oh, this, this dude all right. Then, yeah. You know, two months later, song blows up. We're like, ah, oh, we had that dude down here. Then we had we had uh, <laughs> we had yin yang twins went down there. You know, before that first song blew yeah. up, before the whistle while you twerk, because at this point it actually still had that Disney sample in it that they had to oh, take out. To take you know out. what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So if, I ain't gonna lie, man. A lot of folks looking at them like, man, these boys retarded, man. Yeah, what what y'all like, done brought yeah, in here? Whistle while you twerk. I mean, because DJ Smurf was managing them at the time too, okay, so yeah, he yeah. he's the one that brought them down there. It was like, y'all got this new group, Yin Yang Twins, and then <laughs> I was like. Man, go on this, bro. You know what I'm saying? What you talk about, dog? You like, know what I'm saying? saying? This ain't gonna work yeah. out. Right? This ain't gonna work out, bro. Maybe about a month later, that song blew up, and everybody said, "Hey, man, bring them boys back down here, man." man it's you so know crazy, like when when stuff like that happens. Like you know, you you catch artists in them early stages, right? It's right. Like you know, you you just really was doing a favor. Like, yeah, and it, yeah. It, funny thing about that too is like I remember getting a CD in the mail. We used to get you know CDs yeah, yeah, in the mail, yeah. and I remember we got a CD in the mail and. You know, the CD cover wasn't much to look at, but I listened to the song, like, oh, this song kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It was this dude named Stat Quo. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, man, that's crazy. And it's like, oh, this is, like, and it had a 404 number on the CD. Yeah, it's like, yeah. man, they called him, see what he doing. It's yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. man, you know, we got this thing called Jamming in the Calf, man. You want to come down here? Blah, blah. He was like, ah, oh, yeah, cool. And he came down there, and like, you know, by the time he got there, or we, we arranged for him to get there, he was like, yeah, man, I'm about to sign the Def Jam South and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, cool, man. You know what I'm saying? And like, he ended up performing, and it's like, you know, he's writing songs for Dr. Dre and all them yeah. now. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it was like, we had, we had some, you know, some folks up through there, but like, that's kind of where the hosting was, you know, first started back gotcha. then. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was the one on the microphone hosting, mm-hmm. like, hey, so and so, we doing this in here today, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, then a couple times, you know, I hosted, you know, so I hosted our homecoming concert one year in Fort Valley. So, like, I, you know, I was hosting stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. by way of the radio station. 
you know, but, um, you know, when I moved back up here, you know, to start working and writing and everything, like the host and stuff, you know, it was, it was just something I just did in school, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. really hosting anything up here, but, um, this guy named Trill, shout out to my homeboy Trill, um, he, he was putting together this show at 529, it might have been 2009 or 10, but like the show, the, the bill was Freddie Gibbs, Yellow Wolf, and Peel. Man. And he was like, shoot, man, I'm only putting this show together because I heard about them on your blog, bro. You want to host it? I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Might as well. You know right? what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, I mean, I mean it's probably going to be a little rusty because I yeah, ain't yeah. did this in a while, yeah. but all right. You know, but I got, I got up in there. You know, and I was already comfortable because I was like, okay, well, these are artists that I'm actually familiar with. Yeah. And I looked out in the crowd. I was like, okay, I see familiar faces. All right, this ain't going to be too bad. You know, and like, had a ball up there and yeah. it kind of like you know the hosting thing just kind of picked up from there because a lot of folks didn't know that i did that a lot of folks were like man you host stuff man for yeah. real and so after that folks was like man get maurice going to host it man yeah. blah, blah, blah. It, 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 it was especially cool because a lot of shows i was hosting a lot of promoters were telling me like dude i only heard about this person because of your blog yeah. or because I of some mean, some it, interview that you wrote you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah that definitely made sense man you know you, you kind of transition it and, and from the hosting and just doing your own part i know it, uh the playlist party i've fell through there like plenty of times um monday nights at department store man i don't know if this was your idea mm-hmm. but that is genius yeah it was it was my idea man genius, it's, like, it's genius. like the crazy thing is um you know, um you know shout out to my homeboy jy is my partner on that um we were at department store like because we've been doing a party for about like a year and a half now but mm. you now we just happened to be up in there on a monday because he knew the dude that owns it you know because we was there meeting chopping it up on something else completely yeah, you know yeah. unrelated and he was just like yo man just meet me at this club in on edgewood blah 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 and i walk in there and like wasn't nobody in there it was pretty mm. much just us two a bartender and the dude that owned it yeah and you know he came over there like yeah man i just opened this spot up man my, my weekends are okay but my monday is a whack man get some folks in here on monday man and like right then and there like we were just sitting on the couch we're like sure man let's do a party we just have folks play what they want you know this yeah. is, you know the, 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 the idea had already been kind of like in my head yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, i didn't know anybody that owned the club it was just something i was just walking around like, oh man what if you know what i'm saying but you know when i saw that i was like yeah man just have a party folks just come in and play what they mm-hmm. want off their phone like shoot when y'all want to do it it was like well can we do it in two weeks from now like, man let's do it next week it was like bro like <laughs> like, like, like we, we ain't got a flyer we ain't got nothing like bro like give us some give us a minute now yeah so like so we waited around like two weeks to do it and you know the first one you know was pretty cool and like word just kind of spread and what was, what was the first one you remember the- oh but the first one was like it was it was in may i think we may of it was 2014 yeah it was like like april or may of uh 2014 and at first the party was just just that just people yeah. just coming in, playing what they want or whatever. Um, it wasn't until, you know, Scotty approached us one time when he was putting out was he was he putting spaghetti out Junction. Faith? I think it was Spaghetti Junction. Was Spaghetti Junction? I I do remember being yeah, at that show. For yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, Spaghetti Junction. And he was like, Yo man, can I do a listening party there? He was like no, like we were thinking like, dang, can we accommodate that? Because, you know, yeah. we were just like, you know, we just in here playing stuff off folks' phone. We gotcha. don't know how this is going to work. But, you know, they do have a stage upstairs. So, like, all right, let's see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, and that thing blew up. You know what I'm saying? It was folks lined up around the corner. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That was a crazy show. I, I remember that night, man, because I was there. And, and that was um, 
I, I was there early that night because I, I remember I walked in. I was like, man, ain't nobody here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I got there like I'm, I'm just like that. Like I get places like yeah. super early sometimes because sometimes I, you know, I just like to show face. Then yeah. I got to roll out. You know, married man. You know, what I mean? right, like right, sometimes. right. So I was there. I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna hang tight. And then it's just like out of nowhere like you just seen waves of people just flowing in you know what i mean and you, you know people having a good time playing the records and then you get that all right upstairs is open and then like a whole new wave yeah, of people just yeah, like yeah man it's crazy man crazy. but yeah like this scotty night was kind of night that like we had we already had nights where we had you know hosts and stuff mm-hmm. but we was having you know the homies hosted you know what i'm saying we have for like chili yo sean yeah, fallion yeah. you know then we i think we did a, uh one of those battles a couple times mm-hmm. we had like kp and DJ Toomp and mm-hmm. Anthony Carter, or no, no, Anthony David and Jay Carter. So he was already doing stuff with, you know, you know, familiar faces. But, you know, that Scotty night was kind of just like, boom, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, since then it's kind of been, you know, just rolling from there. You know what I'm saying? Some nights are super populated. Some nights are kind of intimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's, it's always been cool, though, man. The idea, man, like, I, I just remember hearing about I think I saw a flyer, um, you know, a little bit before the, the Scotty show. And I was just like, man, this is genius, dude. Like, you literally playing what you want to hear. It, it's like, I when I saw it, I was like, there's no excuse. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to go to a place where you can play what you want to play? Like, there's no more you getting upset with the DJ. Like, man, we playing this turn up like 24. Yeah. Like, bro, go and put on some old Outkast or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so I, I love that idea. And, and me, from from a producer standpoint, like, I've been there and, and with, with artists that I work with and played a couple of records. And you get a, a genuine reaction to your music. Right. Like, you see people... Like okay, they ain't rocking without them, bro. We might, we might, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might hold this one in. They ain't rocking. Then you have some records where, like, you know, of course, you when you're in front of an audience and they've never heard your music, they're not just gonna be, you know, happy about it. They they trying to figure out, like, okay, first verse, they're trying to figure out who this is, and then by the time you get to the hook again, they like they either gonna like it or they ain't, yeah. you know. And, and you get to see that unbiased, like that's that's it. So I, that's the part I, I really love that about it. Um, I think around the same time, man, I started getting hip to like uh, Day One Radio mm-hmm. and um, and, and the stuff that you were doing there. And, and man, I wish I could remember the first interview that I saw there, but it was um, y'all just started. It w- it was one that you had that run of just like week after week after week after week of like artists that people just wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to interview. That's not at one oh seven nine, right? Or, you know what I'm saying, or or V one oh three. And I was like, man, like, how are they getting all these artists yeah. booked for this show? And, and and the interviews were good too, you know. Um, so tell us about that, like that journey that they went radio. How did that start? Like, where 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 did that opportunity come from? You know, once again, man, my homie, you know, Brandon Peters, who mm-hmm. I you know co-host the show with. Like, it was you know he he had he had the idea of like wanting to do a podcast show for the longest because okay. like he's like a podcast junkie. You yeah, know, what yeah. I'm saying he listens to everything. And he was like, yo, man, let's you know let's, let's try to do something, man. And around the same time, um, my homeboy Jabari Graham, you know, who uh, he had, he does the art show Art Beats and Lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, you know, he had an idea of like, man, I want to do a radio station, man, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, the, the, it kind of, like, all happened at the same time. Brandon had the idea of wanting to do a podcast. Jabari had the idea of wanting to build a radio station. And so, like, when he got the equipment, you know, he, he just started happening. He just mm-hmm. was like, hey, man, I got the equipment, got a building, got a space. Shoot, let's, let's do yeah. it. You know what so I'm saying? Were like the kind of like the flagship show yeah, for the yeah. um, for the station. Okay, gotcha, you know what I'm saying? It. So it's like, you know, we started it um during A3C weekend of 2013. 13, our okay. our first guest was uh Problem and Bad Luck. 
because they happened to be in town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like the reason why we named the show Day One is because, you know, the three hosts, me, Brandon Peters, Nadine Graham, like we're all, we all call, come from, you know, journalism backgrounds. Gotcha. So, you know, throughout those years, we've been able to like, you know, build relationships and rapports with different artists. And, you know, a lot of the artists that we do have rapports with are people where, you know, we were the first ones talking about them. Gotcha. So it was like, oh, we go back to day one with these folks yeah. for the most part. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, a lot of people that we've been able to book are folks that, you know, we actually do have, you know, like genuine relationships with, with you know, yeah. people that we've talked to for years on end, you know, and, and, and stuff that we actually believe in. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, you know, every once in a while, you know, the record label homie might come through like, hey, man, I got an artist in town, blah, blah, blah. But, like, for the most part, you know, we try to, you know, do a show where, you know, it's about, you know, the story. Because, mm -hmm. like, we're all from journalism backgrounds. Gotcha, like, we, gotcha. we tell stories. So, yeah. like, we want to, you know, have a story. We don't just want to have a thing where it's like, all right, man, it's the dude with the hot song on the radio right yeah, now. You know I what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I think it makes for a better conversation, too, because you have more to go on. It's, right. it's not like, you know... This is you, you really don't even know the artist. Like you pull in trying to get some information. Right. And shout out to Nadine Graham too though. I, mean, I just read a dope article she had, I think with uh, on Jeezy with Hip Hop DX. Too. Right, right. Yeah, it was a real dope article. Um Yeah, man, so it's like like I I've been following all of that stuff, man, and, and you know, it, it kinda leads us up to this this I I guess this is the last little baby that y'all, you know, you really been curating it and, and moving it and moving around. Um different places with and, and before i get into this i gotta apologize to ty because ty every time I, I put out another podcast she reminds me that she hasn't been on the podcast oh. <laughs> so um i had one guy like it was his third time and then she posted like she she replied like comment she was like yo third time like and it was like i couldn't say nothing like so ty look ty this is for you like i'm definitely gonna have you on the podcast like at this point You've you've helped me out in, in so many ways, so it's like I, I gotta make sure I get her on the podcast. It's, that's just our little running joke back and forth with each other. But uh, the art behind the tape, you know, um, this is a, a book I, I I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but just the idea behind it alone is one of those things where it's kind of like genius. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess anybody that's hold on, let me make sure I'm, I'm dating this right. I was going to say 25 and older, but really I think you got to say like, you got to be 30 or older mm -hmm. at this point to understand like the true essence of the mixtape and not like today's mixtape, which is really an album that, you know, they, people drop a mixtape and say like, you know, it's 15 tracks. No DJ is on there. The, the song that, you know, nothing is, it, it feels everything like an album. I guess you call it a mixtape because you don't want to sell it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and to me, that just never been a mixtape in my head. So, uh, I, I know you wrote this with DJ Mars and, and Ty, and I always slaughtered this dude's name, so I'm going to allow you to say it. No, nah, I just called him Brill. Okay, <laughs> and Brill. All right, cool, cool. Because I was like, man, look, bro, I ain't even going to try to say your name, man. I just want to keep it real. No, with just, you, but like, you know, no, no, it's, it's pronounced, uh, his whole name is pronounced uh, Jabril Jai. That's, okay. that's how you're not be like, you're not be like, but you call him Brill. You just call him Brill. So like, how did that concept come about, man? And the idea of like, you know, wanting to put something out there that's really like the history of, of mixtapes. You know, man, it, it was actually DJ Mars's idea, man. DJ Mars had been had this idea for a long time, you know, because um, cause I remember he originally approached me about the idea. Mm -hmm. Maybe two thousand seven or eight, like it, it was a while ago, and you know, originally what he wanted to do. He wanted to do a documentary, mm. which we are still work, we're actually working on that now to like you know to coexist with the book. But his original idea was a documentary, mm. you know. So he was going around getting video content and everything, 
but then you know after a while he was like you know what the the book might actually be more feasible because you know when you're trying to do a documentary you know you got to you know schedule times to get That's folks true. in front of the camera and travel and everything you know the interview you know you just hop on the phone with somebody yeah, and, you, you, you know you got the content yeah. right you know or if, if they don't want to be on the phone email them you know what i'm saying so it's like the book you know was actually more feasible so he decided uh, to do the book first and i remember he approached me about you know partnering on the book like yeah around like oh seven oh eight you know, we hit, we hit some roadblocks back then because, you know, I mean, hell, like, everybody that's a part of this book is a first-time author. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, it's like, you know, back then, it was just, like, a lot of roadblocks. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, gotcha. like, the uh, the project kind of just got put on hold. But then, you know, he you know, he never uh, forgot about it. You know, he, still, he kept, you know, collecting content and, you know, keeping the name out there. You know, cause I remember he started doing, like... You know, he even had a he started even started a blog for a hot minute, you know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, it was like the history of mixtapes. That was the name of the uh the website. Um, but he was just keeping the, the name and the energy out there. Gotcha. And so then, you know, around maybe about like two, three years ago, he was like, Yo, I'm about to do this again, man. You know what I'm saying? I think I know what I'm doing this time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think you know what you're doing this time. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> let's 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 make it happen. You know what I'm saying? So you know the four of us. You know we all you know went out. You know got the interviews done. Mm. Um, Brill. You know all of us did, but like it was mostly Brill that you know went out and like secured a lot of the images. You know what I'm saying? Because that was a that was one of the most tedious things. Like you know collecting the images for everything. Because you know a lot of those mixtapes. You know a lot of those things have been copied. 10 times over, mm-hmm. you know, then some of the JPEGs, you know, somebody, you know, when you're telling somebody, hey, man, send me a JPEG, you know, they sending you this small file, but like, no, nah, bro, like, this, 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 this for a book, you know what I'm saying? Like, this ain't for Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Send me them, um, them, two, them 20 um, <laughs> um, resolutions. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? 300. So, it was like, you know, but, you know, he pretty much, you know, secured a lot of the images, and, you know, we just, you know, we, 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 we chipped away at the book bit by bit, you know what I'm saying? And so then, you know, we actually got everything together, got everything laid out. And um, the first run of books was actually supported by a Kickstarter campaign that we did. We did a Kickstarter campaign and, you know, and we like we met the goal and, you know, so the book got done. And then um, we actually dropped our second printing uh, earlier this year, okay. you know, because the first printing came out, it came out around this time last year. It came out uh, like Halloween last year. The first yeah. printing did, and you know, the second printing dropped earlier this year. You know what I'm saying? So, but like, no, nah, like that's that's all on Mars, man. You know, what I'm saying, of course, like it's a team effort, but like that, that had always been like Mars baby. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's the it's the it's the first book of its kind. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's the first one that like that covers. You know, hip hop mixtape culture. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a history book and a coffee table book at the same time. You know, because yeah. it has the images, it has interviews. You know, like I mean, Kid Capri did the foreword. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like you know, he ain't just gonna be just be doing that. No, for no, no. Yeah, any yeah. just any old thing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That that dude a legend in himself. So right. it's like yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and what better way to kick off a book? And having like arguably one of the best DJs right, like right. ever, like you know, say kick it off. So I get that. Man, how can people like um, pick up the book if they, you know, right now if they wanted to purchase? Oh, we're actually doing it the mixtape way, man. You can get it directly from us, man. Um, theartbehindthetape.com. Dope. You know, like this, that's that's where everything's at. We also got you know merch there. We got you know some uh, some hats that we collabed with New Era on. Um, 
the sneakers and the shirts are all gone, man. Like we, I we, know, man. like I we, saw we that, had man. a New Balance sneaker. Them things went fast. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm even priced out of my own sneaker now, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like folks are like, man, you ain't got one. Like, bro, these folks done snatched them up. Yeah, they done put them on eBay for like you know five times the price. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like they running them things like this is a limited edition for real. You want this? You got to pay the price, right? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, you know you can get the book from uh, the artbehindthetape.com. You know what I'm saying? We still do various um you know pop up shops throughout the city and the country and whatnot you know what I'm saying so if you you know you see one of us at the pop-up shops or whatnot you know you know hit us up you know if if you got one of our you know direct numbers it's like hey man can i get one can you yeah. drop it off at the house because that's the thing that we did too man a lot of folks that um really, really all of the people that um ordered it that lived in atlanta like you know we like hand delivered it you know if they lived in a reasonable distance like if you lived in Douglasville, nah we sending that in the mail but no you stayed you know downtown you know yeah. or something like that decatur maybe yeah but you know everybody else had to get it through the mail I, I love that concept man um and i spoke about this before in the podcast i can't remember who um, where I heard the information from, but, uh, you know, Insane Clown Posse. Right. It was something that they were doing, and, and um, it was an album that they released sometime. But if you stay, they set it up, if you bought the album, and you stay within, like, the metro Detroit area, they would personally, you know, do the book. And, and it's like, for me, my, my biggest thing, like, as far as uh, with artists giving that advice, it's like, man, try to create some memorable moments. Right, man. People will never forget you hand delivering a book for one they're like dude you didn't have to do it you really could have put it in the mail like you ain't had to take that time right but to do that people will never forget that you know what i mean right. so it's, it's stuff like that that sets you apart from everybody else um just your career man you you've done a lot and you're still going um that that advice that you can give somebody that you know a young um person in, in that may be following your path you know what i mean like what what's that guidance that you can kind of give them and show them like hey man like Yes, you can do this too. You know what? What's those steps? I mean, do it. Do it for the for the right reasons, man. You know, what I'm saying like do what you actually believe in. One, because I mean, mm. I've been fortunate enough to pretty much be doing stuff that I actually believe in. Mm. You know, like there were times where it's like I might have been working at a publication and had to interview somebody I didn't particularly care for, but yeah. I mean, that was one out of ten people. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really let it like throw me off. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But um, yeah, I, that, that's what I would say, man. Like, you know, do, do what you actually believe in. Cause I mean, this, um, I guess like field that I'm in, this is something that, you know, like it, it's not a nine to five. It's yeah, a yeah. wake up till you get done. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? 20, 24 hours as, as my wife constantly reminds me of. So yeah, yeah. yeah so like this, this ain't something that, you know, if you, if you really want to be doing this, you know, make sure you're doing it, you know, you know, for the right reasons. And, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself either. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That, that goes for people that are, you know, might, might be doing what I want to, what I'm doing, or even, you know, some of the artists out there. Like, don't be afraid to, you know, be yourself. Because, I mean, when you develop your own voice and your own niche, that's what makes you stand out. Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to develop my own voice develop my own niche now i could i can talk about a wealth of topics yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying i could talk about a lot of things i've written about a lot of things but i was able to develop my own voice for certain things you gotcha. know what i'm saying develop my own niche for certain things and even apply that same voice to the other things you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. it's like that's that's key like developing your own voice and your own niche you know it's like developing you know your own lane you know because you know, like i've never thought of i never thought of myself as like um, like competing yeah, yeah, yeah. with anybody 
You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's, like, that's a good thing when you ain't thinking about competing with right, it. You know yeah, what I'm you saying? You just stay in your own lane. You just, just stay in your own lane, man. Oh, man, what about so-and-so? I was like, what? So-and-so does that over there. I'm <laughs> over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate what they do. I don't look at them as competition. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, doing I, I think, them, I'm doing me. And I think I learned that from, you know, having that unique opportunity of, for the most part, you know, the times where I was working places, working at places that essentially didn't really have competition. They, mm. they built their own thing and just kept growing that, yeah. you know, because, like, rolling out, there was no competition. They're the only weekly African-American newspaper. Gotcha. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, they're not competing with Black Enterprise because that's a monthly magazine. Yeah. They're not competing with, you know, um, Ebony or, you know, any websites or anything. Like, they're the only ones that do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, Ozone, they were the only Southern hip-hop magazine. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, the experiences like those kind of taught me, like, well, you don't have to, you know, enter some kind of rat race. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Build your own thing up and, you know, let people come to that. And, and, and one thing I definitely learned is that, like, man, you know what? The world is a big place. Yeah. There's space for everybody. Just right. figure out what you want to do and just go full steam ahead with it. You know, man, I, I appreciate you being on the podcast, man. I, I think there's a lot of information in here. Uh, just sharing your story will be, you know, inspiring to, to our listeners. Um, for those, you know, that, that want to connect with you, um, that want to just soak up some more game, man, and, and just get, get the knowledge and find out all of the stuff that you're doing, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, I, mean, I want I want to put my number and email out there. No, no, like, please like, don't I mean, do that. I mean, you, you know, you know, you can follow me on social media and stuff. I'm I'm on social media. I kind of have like a love hate relationship with social media because you know sometimes you know I'll just delete everything sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but I'm I'm on there. Like I'm on Instagram, yeah, yeah. Maurice Garland. I'm on Twitter, Maurice underscore Garland. I'm on Facebook, Maurice Garland. Like those are pretty much the only three things. I'm I'm not a, really on the Snapchat, yik yak, yeah, and all yeah, that stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I don't mess with that Snapchat. <laughs> I do be on Periscope every now and then. Yeah, Periscope, cool, but yeah, yeah, I feel you, man. Well, cool, bro. I appreciate you, you know, coming in here once again, man. And um, you said twelve thirty, dude. It's twelve thirty. I, I got to get y'all here. Sure. So, hey, man, it's Jay Good and straight out the den, man. I appreciate y'all listening. If y'all listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, that's great. I do appreciate it. Um, but I need you to subscribe on iTunes. So just click on that button there, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, you know, your feedback is welcome and appreciate it we want to hear from you this is not a one-way street uh the only way that we can communicate is if we communicate together so definitely uh, uh let me know your thoughts um follow me on all things social media everything is straight out today and str the number eight o-u-t-d-a-d-e-n um yeah i think that's it man so you know if you listen to this podcast and you have a dream pray on that dream research that dream and work until that dream becomes a reality and with that being said i'm jay good and straight out today and he's maurice garland we out